1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Pro Football Focus Show. I'm Stevie TPFL. I'm not Britt Devine, but I will be here for the rest of the season on Fridays joining my buddy, Mr. Helicopter himself, Ian
2: Hartitz. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good. Britt went running, man. We got to move on, and uh, the show keeps going, as uh, they probably say back in the day. But, yeah, man, fun uh, fun turkey day yesterday. Uh, you know, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. But, hey, it's week 12. We got uh, more money to win on Sunday
1: yes sir i hope you had a great are, are you a turkey like is that is that your jam is like turkey your thing
2: everything man i'll say this man my mom knocked the freaking stuffing out of the park this year i'm always a stuffing guy but sometimes you get the stuffing in the gravy just right and this was one of those years
1: so like my family does ham and my wife's family oh, okay. does turkey and they did turkey and they did a deep fried turkey so like i got i got the best of all the world um <laughs> I was not hungry yesterday. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so,
1: you know, you don't eat breakfast. You get the lunch. You go to the in-laws. You eat even more. And, um, you know, and, it was and so. And there might not be a
2: better leftover food that exists. I mean, what is more just yeah. remakeable than leftover turkey? Nothing. Ham, too, man. Like, and oh, too, both yeah. of them.
1: Like, it's just. But I think the, the craziest thing and the weirdest thing about, like, Thanksgiving yesterday was just no f- late football game. It was so weird, man. Um, you know, obviously that game, we'll we'll probably find out today if it's going to play, but it's, it's not looking good, Ian. No.
2: No, no, not at all. And you know, it was gonna be Gus Edwards chalk, and a few sharp ones like us out there would have been off it and would have been fine. But no, we gotta we gotta live with it as it is. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. We got Lamar out now. I think the you know Ravens offense probably just stay away. It's not a good spot for the Steelers either. So you know they gotta do what they gotta do. I think uh, it just depends on how many COVID guys are gonna be out there. But yeah, always better having three games instead of two. But I don't know, man. I was feeling pretty sleepy around uh, 8 p.m. I, I didn't hate <laughs> I didn't hate getting the early nap in. At the end of the day
1: yeah like uh we did some shopping for some nieces and nephews so um there you go I, I, last night was probably the earliest i've fallen asleep in like six months so <laughs> <laughs> you know um anyway we um man we have a lot to break down and talk about um it's a it's a fun week you, know, you look at the the slate in general and like we have so many good games on this slate so many good totals um and, and just so many you know games where we have a lot of dfs plays and then we go And we look at uh, pro football focus and um, your article is always awesome over there. Mismatch uh, manifesto. You always start by like going over some explosive plays. Um, So let's get started there. Um, What are we looking at for, you know, week 12?
2: yeah so this whole kind of goal of the article i feel like when we talk about mismatches usually in any type of football you know conversation it's always third best offense in this facing the 27th best defense in this and because of that it's a mismatch so i just wanted to kind of remove the whole two-way street get everything on one page and so that's how kind of these matchup centric stats got created uh, got created so with that in mind uh explosive pass play rate is one of my favorite ones you know just rate up 20 plus yard completions by an offense and against the defense how much they've been giving up those 20 yard completions and we look at it this week in two main quarterbacks are popping as being setting up really well that's Kirk Cousins against the Carolina Panthers and Derek Carr against the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons have been the league's single worst defense and fantasy points for game to quarterbacks and Derek Carr, since they got Henry Ruggs back in week five, man, Derek Carr has legit been a top eight quarterback in deep ball rate. The guy's thrown a good deep ball his whole career. He just usually hasn't hasn't actually gone ahead and thrown the ball deep all that often. So now that he is doing that, even though they aren't really going to Henry Ruggs, I think having that speed presence on the field has enabled Carr to throw downfield a little bit more often. We've seen him having a much higher uh, fancy ceiling than in past years. And then with Kirk Cousins, I mean, we always have, we always run that risk of him, you know, only throwing the ball 15, 20 times and Dalvin Cook goes off, but, man, if there's a week to, you know, take a chance on this Vikings passing game in tournaments, I think it might be this one. You know, got to keep an eye on Thielen, and Irv Smith is banged up, too, but even going, you know, Cousins, Rudolph, Justin Jefferson could have a lot of chances to score against, you know, that flimsy Panthers defense. On the other side of the coin, Nick Mullins versus the Rams and Ryan Finley versus the Giants popping up as probably the two worst matchups of the week in terms of creating explosive plays, so particularly Ryan Finley against the Giants, man, can't stress enough. I truly believe Ryan Finley right now, objectively the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, going from burrow to him that's going to be tough for that entire team to overcome
1: yeah is it is it going to be finley i thought it was going to be um anderson
2: oh we're going with anderson great man they should be because i don't know what finley could be doing out there either way man this giants defense them and wayne gallman i think is one of the most underrated stacks of the week right now
1: no i agree with you 100 i don't honestly it doesn't really matter (laughs) playing a quarterback for um cincinnati and it's not burrow so like You know, at the end of the day, Allen, Brandon Allen, um, he's the one that is supposed to start this weekend. So uh, at least he has a little experience in the NFL and could be okay. But uh, listen, the Giants defense is they're a little underrated. And this is a good spot for Goldman, too. So we'll, we'll obviously we'll get into that more when we get into the. Position breakdown. Um, I I loved, you know, you know, I I read your article before Thanksgiving and like the pace situation. Like I was already really heavy on like Washington, Dallas and like Gibson and like you look at the pace for these main slate here. um, You you can kind of dig into it more. What are we looking at?
2: Yeah, I mean, that it's hilarious how the Cowboys they literally, like, I, I like this when they were moving this path, this fast with Dak Prescott, and they asked Mike McCarthy about it, and he's like, no, we plan to do this. We feel great about our offense. We want to run as many plays as possible. Like, how are you going to continue having that same pace of play going from Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton, particularly once Zach Martin goes down, this offensive line just can't protect anybody. So, you know, I feel like coaching, there's so many of these offenses that are like, oh, you know, the players need to, need to make my scheme work and all that. How do you make your scheme work with the talent you have around you? So that's been a frustrating kind of decision all year long all year long but hey good uh, fake punt Cowboys way to you know really put your team in position so with that one like come on man but yeah so the other game this week that does have the fast pace that hopefully we can take advantage of is the Arizona Cardinals at the New England Patriots look Kyler Murray you know we know what he's got on the table but these other guys man Christian Kirk going up against the league's worst defense and explosive pass play pass play rate I know they got Gilmore back and they've been playing a little bit better on defense lately but obviously wasn't really an, an issue for Deshaun Watson last week and we've seen a uh, you know other guys throughout this year really have more success than we're used to seeing against this Patriots defense. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, Cam Newton. No, he's not going to be confused, uh, you know, with one of the league's better passing quarterbacks anytime soon. But even taking away that late game, you know, 50-yard completion to Ryan Izzo on that, uh, you know, underthrown hail Mary last week, still went over 300 yards and really has looked good through the air for the better part of the past three weeks. So you know, to throw Jacoby Myers in there, James White. I do think that Cardinals Patriots game has some game stack options. Uh, other matchups that do look pretty fast: Titans Colts chargers bills uh, and chiefs buccaneers games to maybe keep an extra close eye on that over the one game really sticking out as not having a fast pace is that panthers vikings game and that's part of the issue man like i was you know i was going through some cash game lineups and i had one in- instance where i had you know dalvin cook kyle rudolph and then maybe justin jefferson in there but when you start to have multiple guys from this vikings offense you just know it can go south not because they're not great players but just because that volume can be a concern in a hurry
1: yeah, and, like, you know, volume matters. It, it does. Like, getting a few extra plays, it, it's such a huge thing. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I worry about that, but I also, like, love how condensed Minnesota is. And, like, I, I want, like, Thielen to come out and be like, all right, I'm playing. Um, yeah. I, I tested ne- negative, like, all week, and, like, I'm playing on, like, Saturday. Because I don't want to play, like, BB either. Like, I, you know, I want to play – I want to play Jefferson regardless if Thielen plays, but Dalvin Cook as well. So, you know, outside of that, we get into looking at some pressure. Um, Listen, Lamar Jackson was already going to be in trouble. If this game plays, RG3 is in trouble. Um, Pittsburgh might sack him 10 times in this game. And like, I'm not even being like, uh, it might actually be like 10 times.
2: Yeah, no, you're not kidding, man. Like, look, RG3, 4100 on drafting this week. Like, this would be a situation I think normally we could talk ourselves into if they were facing any other defense in the league. The Steelers have PFF's record right now for the single highest single-season pressure rate, so it, it's not even an indictment on RG3. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback or anything, but I don't know who anyone could be put out there right now and make something happen. Lamar Jackson can barely do anything uh, in this offense right now, so you know, with all due respect to RG3 and you know him kind of continuing a career that you know he hasn't been a viable star. Years, but he's still out there getting his paychecks. I mean, all credit to the man for that. But, yeah, no, not the spot I think that we're going to want to be trusting pretty much anybody in this Ravens offense. But good reason to maybe uh, pay up for the Steelers' defense uh, this week and, you know, uh, any anyone's idea of a dream spot for them. Also seeing Sam Darnold against the Dolphins should be under a ton of pressure. But Jameson Crowder is now getting his uh, slot feeder back. So, you know, Joe Flacco actually was helping out this Jets offense, man. Highest average target depth in the league. But going down to Sam Donald, I think that will help Jamison Crowder. And he also has a cozy matchup. Against the Dolphins team, much better outside cornerbacks than what they're working with in the slot. I don't know, Drew Locke against the Saints uh, should be under a lot of pressure as well. And this Saints defense has been coming on a lot lately. So you know, Taysom Hill, he got the win last week. Obviously, he can play, you know, quarterback at a high enough, high enough level to win. But going out to Denver, you know, I was looking at this as a potential trap spot, similar to what happened to Tua last week. Like Even if Vic Fangio uh, and that Broncos defense, even if they don't have Von Miller, like still a very well coached unit. And we've seen them uh, still be a top 10 defense throughout the year and explosive pass play rate, yards per attempt, and a couple of other metrics like that for the passing game. So still a good defense and not an easy matchup but i just think the saints defense could probably even help their offense you know get out to a lead control the game and make life difficult for drew drew lock so we've seen him have some good games over the years but he's been very uh, erratic uh really in his 11 or 12 career starts now that he has and then quickly quarterbacks that should have all day to throw Big Ben, tough matchup against the Ravens, but you look at his offense in the past five, six weeks, have certainly you know evolved from that run first unit we were seeing early on. They're letting Big Ben throw the ball all over the lot. So at a minimum, uh, not a bad idea, maybe get some exposure. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and hope they can have a big game. Uh, Philip Rivers should have a lot of time to throw against the Colts, against the Titans, excuse me. It's just so spread out. We were talking about the situation a little bit before the show, man. Like Michael Pittman, like we see the talent there. I'm not saying he could, can't be a great wide receiver, but it's a situation where you look at their targets since their week seven by. Zach Pascal leads the unit, and there's just a whole cluster of guys between pretty much 10 and 19 targets. I mean, nobody has pulled away from this unit. Pascal's been banged up all week, so maybe if he's out, we can have a different conversation. But still, even though it is a good matchup, a winnable matchup, I just don't think there's enough volume to to go around. And then finally, Baker Mayfield against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, Baker's had like three straight weeks in Cleveland with this rain. I don't think this is the matchup where Baker necessarily goes off because they should be able to run the ball against the Jaguars no problem. And they're pretty much like Minnesota Vikings of the AFC. like There's like a less efficient version of them throwing the ball. Baker's going to struggle to get the 20-25 pass attempts. But, you know, Rashard Higgins, Jarvis Landry, even like Austin Hooper, some of these guys that we've been waiting for to have a good game ever since Beckham went out. Now they're finally going to have, I think, realistic. Enough weather to potentially make that happen. So I'm not saying go all in on Baker Mayfield, but I think some of these uh complimentary options could finally be in that matchup where we can have a little more confidence and throwing darts at them.
1: We're already seeing like um Hunt Chubb getting a lot of love this week. Um, even like ownership-wise, I was looking a little bit before the show, and we're already starting to see like ownership on those guys, and like you know, the excellent leverage is playing Baker with a pass catcher. and, and I don't know what like Hooper might be my favorite out of the group, um, but Honestly, it's just good leverage off the running back situation. And like Rogers is another one that has a pretty good like matchup as far as like being, having a ton of time this week too. And anytime you give Aaron Rodgers yeah. a ton of time, um, he's just, he's good. I don't care what anybody says. I'm <laughs> always going to believe in Aaron Rodgers. So, um, you know, the trenches battle again, like Gibson was another guy that like instantly stood out to me when I was reading your article earlier this week, I loved Antonio Gibson. I was very overweight on him. I talked about him everywhere before Thanksgiving, um, but there's another spot that's really interesting this week that I think you're going to bring up. So let, let's let's see what you got
2: for me. Yeah, Gibson popped off, you know, with the best matchup of the week in this metric. So We'll see if the other guys uh, can do the same. But seeing the Patriots stand out a little bit at 3.3 combined, yours for contact for carry. And I've taken you know only running backs uh, usage for the offense because we saw a couple weeks ago the Giants were really popping on this. And I was like, wait a second. That's not not right. Something's going on here. So I've taken away all those big, long quarterback runs that can sometimes inflate the stat. But anyway, Patriots, uh, Packers, even though they're on Sunday night, also seeing the Ravens and Gus Edwards still a little bit concerned about not having Lamar there. And then the Cardinals and Saints. So the Saints is kind of the one that – most intrigued him because even though I do think that, uh, you know, Taysom Hill could have a hard time throwing the ball. Look, I'm concerned about Alvin Kamara not having a single catch like Taysom Hill is not the type of quarterback that's going to be dunking the ball down to him and he's going to be stealing rush attempts. So I don't know if Kamara is going to be giving us the same, you know, just ridiculous floor RB one, RB two, no questions asked almost every single week. But with that said, this guy's still more than capable of popping off for a big performance. And we've kind of seen this throughout the year. I mean, uh, one of Dalvin Cook's big games, one of Derrick Henry's big games, you get these uh, you know, really talented backs all at the top of the pricing scale, and one stands out as not having the same ownership as the other guys because they're not in as good as matchup, and they have different factors working against them. But if we've seen anything with these running backs, we know they can pretty much ball out regardless of the matchup because they are that talented. I think Kamara could be in that spot this week where he's not getting the ownership that he usually has, and understandably so, but if we're trying to take down a tournament, that could be the pivot at the top that could really help us out a lot. And then quickly, uh, backfield is not looking so good. Uh, Chiefs, they're just letting Mahomes air the ball out. Clyde Edwards-Alaire still has, you know, RB just, you know, 12 to 20 upside just with the scoring potential, but not getting that top five, top six sort of workload we were hoping for. Broncos should be in a tough spot uh, trying to run the ball. And then also Derrick Henry uh, against the Colts. But Derrick Henry, man, this year he leads the league in rushing. Dalvin Cook is number two. And then if we just look take Derrick K- Henry's yards after contact, that's number three. No other running back other than Dalvin Cook has more rushing yards than Henry has after contact. So even if the uh, Titans' offensive line isn't setting him up for success, as we know, man, it only takes one with Derrick Henry to pretty much break the week.
1: Yeah, Derrick Henry is the most tilted DFS running back uh, for anybody. <laughs> you fade him and he breaks off an 80-yard run. You play him and he gets 30 carries and has 102 yards or something like, like that. Clockwork. Like clockwork. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Like he's just – the new England situation is super interesting to me. Like, you know, you hate playing new England running backs, but if Sonny Michelle is like inactive again, and they just roll out like a three running back, like set again this week with Burkhead out. I think that's where um, it becomes way more interesting to like James White and even Harris, like Harris had a fantastic matchup last week and they just didn't, they took advantage of it in like the first quarter. And then they're like, Oh, well it's gone. Like Cam was playing good. Like I, I get it. It's just, uh but um what's up youtube chat see you guys over there make sure you guys hit the like and subscribe button um epa let's let's finish it out with epa and then we'll get into like a position breakdown here but uh youtube what's up man turkey ham Gravy, no gravy, stuffing. Like, um, I'll I'll let Ian talk about EPA, and we'll we'll talk about uh, turkey in chat.
2: <laughs> yeah, so EPA, we had a nice little run earlier in the year and just you know bending over on these matchups with two positive uh, with two, two offenses in the green. Pretty much been slipping a little bit. Still over five hundred on the year, but you know we've seen weather and teams that have, to have a quarterback change. Just obviously come nowhere close to the over. So like anything in the mismatch manifesto, you know one piece of the larger puzzle, and just kind of you know use it as a guide more than you know something that you, actually have to bet every single over that applies to this but with that in mind i mean the cardinals offense could really hum i mean overall going in this week the watson the texans were grading out just as having the best overall matchup we saw how that worked out but the cardinals are number two so i know kyler is not 100 stefan gilmore is back for the patriots but again like this 2020 Patriots defense is nowhere near the same world being you know we saw in the past i think people still kind of give them that level of respect but you know kyler hopkins even christian kirk could be a you know a, a stack that we know has a ton of ups side could be going a little bit more under the radar just because of reputation, not because of what we've actually seen from them this year. Uh, Raiders Falcons, again, looks like an absolute shootout. Could also say the same about Chargers Bills and to a lesser extent, Titans Colts. And then also, man, Panthers, Vikings, even on the other side of the ball, because you know we're talking about Kirk Cousins and Jefferson, what those guys could potentially do. But Teddy Bridgewater should be back out there, and I mean, we saw Andy Dalton and these guys just absolutely have their way with this Vikings secondary last week. This is the league's single worst defense and pressure rate uh, to this point in the Minnesota Vikings. So Mike Zimmer, you know, he coaches them up well, but I think similar to kind of what we've seen with the 49ers for parts of this year, where like they're they're good, they're still well coached, but when they face you know a team that really has the talent to take it to them, uh, they can cause they can have a lot of problems go against him so dj moore robbie anderson even curtis samuel mike davis i think all these panthers guys you know have some hidden upside here in a vikings game that could turn to a track me at least in terms of uh, the scoreboard because i know it's gonna be a little bit lower pace but again i really think both these passing games can move the ball through the air very efficiently in this spot
1: i love that bridgewater is going to play in this game like it's just so much better for robbie and dj and even like mike davis like it's yeah. just better as a whole like you could even throw like curtis samuel out there like it all it's just better in general for carolina we could see the pace a little bit faster in this game like maybe this game like you know you're looking at like the total of this game and it's like all right i love the over in this game even at 51 and a half i love the over like you know give us a little bit more pace in this game but uh it is week 12. We have two more weeks of the single entry series here, um, on FanDuel at Roto Grinders. Um, awesome at single entry contests. There's a three dollar or five dollar, thirty three dollar, and hundred dollar um top four combined scores through the weeks. So maybe you played the first couple weeks and you haven't played, getting getting get in it like the hundred dollar. Single entry series tournament is one of the best payout structures in DFS throughout the industry. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, Top two finishers in each tier will advance to the six man, $20,000 final over there on FanDuel. So $5, $33, $100, um, you know, make sure you're checking it out. Two more weeks, two more weeks. So um, Ian, let's talk a little bit about some bets here. Um, I love your bets this week. Like we always exchange them before we get started. And like, all, I would bet all four of these. I live in Florida. We can't bet. So um, <laughs> I would bet all four of these. I'll throw in and after you get done, but um, run through me your uh, best bets here.
2: Yeah, man, I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped about these ones as well. So I'm happy that makes two of us. But uh, talked about some of these overs already. Two of them I like in particular: Chargers Bills over 53. Hopefully, you got it at 50 when it opened. But look, the Chargers like when they have Derwin James and uh, you know and Chris Harris, who is actually uh, finally uh, seemingly healthy enough to be out there uh, sooner rather than later. But they're a much better defense at that point. But you know, just in recent weeks, Justin Herbert is putting up a ton of points, and their defense just can't really slow down whoever they're playing. In the last seven games, the Chargers have played, and they produce overall point totals of 69 57 68 61 57 50 and most recently 62 so only once would they have finished under this 53 and you look at the bills and i think it's almost like a better kind of less extreme version of the chargers because we know josh allen and company they can put up plenty of points in offense and their defense while they're talented they're kind of like the saints in that we know there'll be a better defense when it, when it gets down to it i think but really haven't been to this point so uh you know saints round in the form i wouldn't be Shocked if the Bills round the form sooner rather than later, but until we see that, I'm fine going back to well with these overs. So give me Chargers Bills over 53. I love the Giants minus six, even if I messed up on the starting quarterback they're facing this week. Brandon Allen is still not so that scares me.
1: <laughs> doesn't matter.
2: The fact it was a competition between Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley tells you all you need to know, everybody. It um, tells Julie, you exactly
1: why you like the Giants. Yeah, exactly,
2: man. It does not matter. I just think Burrow, you know, you look at him this year, and kryptonite was the pressure for Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense, but he did not need the surface a little bit more. And like Burrow, he was one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the league, but he had a top 12 like release time in terms of like getting, this, getting the ball and getting it out of his hand quickly after the snap. I mean, he was getting pressured despite, you know, really handling it almost as well as we could have asked for. So I think Burrow, the fact that he even made this Bengals offense average for most of the time he was under center was honestly, you know, should be a feather in his cap just for doing that. Because I think we're going to see just how bad this unit is when you take away a high-level performer under center like Burrow. To the Giants' credit, I mean, back-to-back wins going in, they're by, they're coming off, they're well-rested. Defense has, you know, been a little bit underrated all year long. Daniel Jones, still not having a bunch of success through the air. But at a minimum, they've kind of started to curb his, you know, just constant turnovers. So at least, you know, I think the Giants, better overall team, more talent everywhere. And they're facing potentially the biggest disaster uh, that we're going to see on the offensive side of the ball here for the rest of the season also love the browns at minus six and a half this jaguars offense man we got mike glennon out there and his top three wide receivers are gonna be Laviska chanel keelan cole and colin johnson because both chris conley and gj chark have been moved out this is a passing game that really other than dj chark has been inconsistent all season long and even with dj chark he's been uh, struggling with it so luton Minshew, all these guys have been struggling with pressure you know glennon he has experience that's the best thing you can say about the guy i don't see him providing anything else to this team that Minshew and luton haven't been able to do already I don't know how this Jaguars, you know, defense is going to stop Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and to your point, even Baker Mayfield and someone in this passing game. So, you know, Browns 7-3 and this year. Baker hasn't been quite as good, you know, as I think uh, that record would indicate. You look at his advanced stats, he really is having, you know, arguably the worst year of his career. But again, last three weeks in particular, super influenced by weather. I think this could be the game that we see the Browns really get up on the scoreboard and have their way uh, with a bad Jacksonville team. And finally, I like the Raiders-Falcons, over 53-and-a-half. Hopefully Julio can play We've seen you know fairly extreme versions of Matt Ryan this year with and without him uh, in the lineup. But either way, man, both these defenses are borderline awful. Uh mentioned Derek Carr, you know, just having that you know heightened downfield mentality since getting rugs back. And even if even without Julio Jones, like you tell me Matt Ryan can't find his find a way to get to 24, 27 points or something like that against this Raiders defense. So, you know, Raiders defense, I love Jonathan Abrams. They're playing hard under Gruden, not you're like worst defense in the league or anything like that. But I don't think either of these defenses or anything are resembling good. Both offenses, when they're humming, are borderline great. So give me the over Raiders-Falcons, over Chargers-Bills, Giants minus six, and Browns minus six and a half. I'll
1: throw one more in there. Miami minus seven. Um, And it's not just because I'm a Dolphins fan. The Jets are bad. The team gets worse with Sam Darnold out there. Um, The Miami defense is really, really good. This is going to be a spot that, you know, we'll see a good Miami Dolphins bounce back spot. I would love it even more if Tua wasn't playing. Um, <laughs> give me Fitz Magic, No. Um, and I'm a firm believer in Tua and the long prospect of him. But Flores is doing a great job with Miami. They're not as talented as their record, and um, he's doing a great job. So I like Miami minus seven. Um, and I I even kind of like the under in that game if Tua plays. I, I think that you could even parlay the under with Miami on seven. Um, and I think Miami is just gonna shut out the Jets. Um, yeah. the defense is gonna overpower them. So, Ian, you can you can do voice of reason because I'm a Dolphins fan, or you can jump on board with me.
2: No, I think that's fair. I've been betting against the Jets all season long and it's just, you know, hey, this is a team that I think it's unfair to say any NFL team is quitting out there, you know, just because it's too physical a game to be truly giving up or tanking. But if if we just want to look at a team has not been helped at all throughout the year by their scheme, by their front office. I mean, it's clear the Jets uh, just haven't really gone this year with any sort of, you know, just strategy from week to week. So, now you're bringing Sam Darnold back into the picture, man. They look better with Joe Flacco than they have all season. So, I I understand. Like, it's smart to play Darnold. I'm not saying they should try to build around Flacco or anything like that, but I just think that having Darnold actually makes them a worse version of a team that, with Flacco, couldn't even score a point against the Dolphins defense. So, no, I I think you're in line, man. Tua, not someone in fancy land that I think we can get behind time but dolphins i think they can cover that
1: the holidays are here have you made your wish list yet our sponsor today has the number one wish for gift of the year manscape the best in men's below and above the belt grooming manscape is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood your nose hairs with the new performance package ho 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 fellas naughty your nice tis the season to perform listen This is a great gift if you're a wife out there. If you're a man, just buy it for yourself and wrap it and call it from your wife. But love my Manscaped trimmers. If you are in luck, you're in luck today. Today is the day. Uh, Manscaped, the performance package, is the ultimate man hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says, Your balls will thank you. Yes, they will. With the most sought-out after gadgets and scents a person could find included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual blade system. That is a tongue twister um of an ad right there. Um, look, look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hairs is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools? For the job here the bundle includes the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer the best trimmer on the market for your balls butts and body the dads can't stop talking about this the teens secretly buy this and the women will love you for it tis the season to manscape so get yourself your dad your brother and friends the best gift of all the manscape performance package let's not forget their infamous liquid formulation the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reliever Ball toner, maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped boxers and the Shed travel bag. Okay, this is no joke. This is not part of the ad, but the boxers are legit. The performance package is the best man's value Manscaped has to offer. Hot off the shelves, get 20% off, plus free shipping with our code ROTO at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Roto at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. Use our code Roto. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make your Santa proud. Uh, let's get into some position breakdown here. Let's start out with the quarterback position. I, I think we've already kind of talked about it. I, I feel like there's a few plays this week that we're really looking at when it comes to like quarterbacks. Um, what do you like this week for quarterback? Oh, looks like he froze. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna um talk about some quarterbacks that I like here, and hopefully Ian can jump back on here and um you know get his internet worked out. Uh, looks like he's getting back in now. So um as far as like the quarterback position, you're know, looking at it overall. Ian, welcome back. Perfect timing. I understand that the Manscaped ad like um, fr- froze you out a little it's too bit. Too heated, man you gotta you gotta get the weed whacker, my friend. Um, what do you like here at quarterback this week? <laughs>
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Shout out Manscaped. Love love it. Love that ad even when it does cause my computer to randomly turn off. So at quarterback, you know, we talked about this before. We're like, if you want the super cheap guy, I guess RG3 or 4,100 is in play. But to your point, man, the 10 sacks like is an actual possibility. It's not even like an exaggeration. So, no, I'm going to be uh, staying away from there. I- I'm leaning the Justin Herbert Chargers stack, man. I just think that we've seen this offense week after week. I mean, Herbert has not had a game this year where he hasn't either accounted for three touchdowns and or thrown for 300 freaking yards through the air so you know 7200 still we're still you know even though he's up in that top five quarterback range uh we're still seeing him you know price a good amount below the true top options at the position he's been a true top option at the position really since he came in under center back in week two i think we're still seeing his price you know continue to rise because of that so herbert i just think you know him and keenan allen at this point in the season you know with aaron Rodgers on sunday night probably formed the most just sure thing quarterback wide receiver one stack i mean mike Wall. Williams still sitting down there, you know, closer to 5K. I think that, you know, just being able to stack Herbert with Keenan and getting the discount with Mike Williams kind of gives you one of the higher upside uh, QB wide receiver, wide receiver stacks. And it's not all that expensive when we consider the discount we're getting with Mike Williams as opposed to, you know, having to try to go Mahomes, Tyree, Kelsey, or, uh, you know, get up to one of these other situations where the second guy is going to kind of cause that pricing to increase. So, you know, again, I get it. If you want to try to save money, usually that is the goal of quarterback, but I think building around Justin Herbert and the chargers uh, is the way I'm going to be going in cash games this week.
1: Yeah. See, I'm, I'm still kind of debating. I think there's like three guys that I'm looking at in cash. Herbert Allen, um, I guess technically four, because like Kyler Murray should always be in conversation and like um Mahomes, like there's there's some cheap plays. We're looking at some injuries where like it, it shouldn't be that hard to fit them in. But like I love Herbert. I play him every week. Um, I, I completely understand why you're on Herbert here. Uh, but just looking like overall at this slate, I think like there's four cash game quarterbacks that I would not talk you off of any of those four guys, but tournaments there's some there's some really high upside tournament plays this week um at quarterback on top of like those four guys there's still other guys uh what do you like here for tournaments this week
2: yeah, I think, you know, talking about that Falcons uh, matchup from before, we can look at Matt Ryan and also Derek Carr on the other side of the ball. I mean, I understand in the past, Derek Carr has been this guy, just hasn't given us these big time fantasy performances. But really, and it's not even just been Henry Ruggs isn't getting the targets. It's been Nelson Aguilar and Darren Waller have been the main guys eating. And because of that, we actually have, you know, more of a sure thing uh, condensed stack that I think we're used to seeing in this Raiders offense. So you can know, go Carr, Waller, and uh, Aguilar. Even if you want to get a little tricky, if Jalen Richard stays out, I Man, we can go with Carl Waller and even Josh Jacobs because even though Jacobs didn't get the targets last week, he had 10 pass blocking snaps. Devontae Booker only had one. Jacobs was actually given that elusive three-down roll. We haven't seen them give him uh throughout his uh you know short two-year career. <coughs> Excuse me. And with richard sideline, Richard sideline, they finally were willing to give him that. So, you know, someone that could account for all the Raiders' touchdowns, very easy, you know, make a game stack out of this with Calvin Ridley or whoever you want on the other side of the ball. So yeah, I would say I'm with you, man. Mahomes and, you know, there's certain quarterbacks that deserve, you know, exposure every single week, but not Ryan and Derek Carr. That game could be the, you know, sneaky shootout that really isn't sneaky. And when we look back on this week, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's the game that we knew was going in the 60s. Why did not we have more overall exposure to it?
1: See, so last week we all like played Jacoby Myers and I, I still think he was a good play um, when you're looking at the stats and like, he just didn't pan out. Um, But I think Cam Newton is a fantastic tournament play this week. I think this game, the, the Patriots in Arizona, you talked about it as you were going through like your mismatch manifesto a few times. um, And and you just look at Cam, not only does Cam like offer you like rushing touchdown upside, but Cam awful uh, offers you like a couple passing touchdowns. and, And now with like, burkhead out like we could see like james white there's so many ways that you can potentially look at and play um cam newton in this spot so like he he's a guy that i'm definitely going to be looking at here for tournaments um before we get into the running back situation we're going to be showing a lot of like gridiron iq and um lineup hq here on rotor grinders make sure you're checking it out rotorgrinders.com slash media slash pff you can get a discount if you use that for the core Four um, football season. is a great time to have core four here, rotor grinders, because there's just so much going on running backs. Like we're, we're going to see Dalvin cook's ownership be insane. And like, I don't think you can justify fading him in cash games, even at his price.
2: No, I'm with you, man. I got Dalvin Cook in there, and you just got to squeeze him in there, man. This is the situation we're in, where with <laughs> Dalvin Cook, we just don't see running backs flirting with 30 carries on an every week basis like this guy. It's impossible to get off him, and even if he is, you know, the highest priced back of the week, I just think in general this year, I mean, finally he's at 9,500, but, you know, it's not out of the ordinary to see guys, you know, really flirting with that 10K mark, so until Dalvin gets there, I just don't know if you can really price him high enough, particularly against the Panthers defense, that they've been better against running backs this year than last year, but still not anyone's idea of a unit to fear. So I'm with you on Dalvin Cook. There just isn't another running back. You know, Derek Henry can always get there, but nobody has the floor that Dalvin has, particularly now that we got Alvin Kamara dealing with Taysom Hill under center. The other two guys that I find myself getting in my initial cash game, uh, Bill or Wayne Gallman at only 5K. Look, like Wayne Gallman, even though he hasn't had you know the biggest featured workload, Alfred Morris is still getting some of the early down work, and Deion Lewis is getting some of the targets. Like they've gone out of their way to really feed Gallman 15 and to 20 touches per game over these past few weeks, and he's been the guy getting the touchdowns. So with Devontae Freeman on the injured uh, reserve for another week, hey Gallman at 5K against the Bengals defense that we don't fear anyway. And I just think losing Burrow could have this disastrous effect across the entire team. And I, you know, again one of my best bets. Was the Giants. I'm anticipating them you know, being able to build a lead, play with a lead, and that would you know, seemingly be uh, some nice Wayne Gallman game scripts. So love stacking Gallman with the Giants defense who aren't too expensive as well. And then James Robinson sitting there at only 6,300. Like, why is he priced beneath Clyde Eversley-Lair and some of these guys that we've seen again and again this year? I believe James Robinson's fifth overall in touches. I mean, even with the quarterback, you know, carousel going under center, he's still been getting his 20-plus carries per game. Seemingly, the only thing they want to do all year and that they've cared about is getting James Robinson his touches. And now he's all of a sudden not being priced as the upside RB1 he's been all year. He's had back-to-back, you know, middling performances. But don't forget, in that Green, Green Bay game two weeks ago, he actually had two 15-plus-yard touchdowns. Uh, nullified by pretty iffy penalties, uh, in my humble opinion. So, I think Robinson is someone that, even if it's not a great matchup, I mean, he's still home against a Browns defense that I believe won't have Miles Garrett for another week. Denzel Ward's out again, not a defense that we particularly should have been all that fearful of in the first place. Now, playing at less than 100%. So, again, I think the Browns beat the crap out of the Jaguars, but even in games this year, where we've seen the Jaguars lose by a lot, which has been almost every single week, they still found a way to get, uh, you know, James Robinson, that RB1 production. So, you know, anytime you see this sort of running back with a 20 plus, a 20 plus touch floor sitting there at 6,300, you better have a pretty good reason not to plan.
1: Yeah. Robinson, the volume is why you're potentially looking at him in cash games. I like Goldman call. Uh, let's switch it over to tournaments. We just got news that um, Ahmed is going to be out for Miami. Um, they said they were going to be watching Gaskin this week. Like that could potentially open up like, A lot of salary potential in Miami going up against the Jets. Uh, What do you like here for tournaments this week at running back?
2: Yeah, Gaskin's interesting. I would, you know, it's definitely a tournament play because who knows if they're going to bring him back in, you know, on a pitch count or something like that, first week back from injury. But uh, certainly not match up to Fear by any stretch of the imagination. I think, you know, we talked about uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, potentially being in a nice bounce back spot and just looking at the projected ownership. Everyone's getting up to, you know, Dalvin Cook, and then, you know, why spend an extra three hundred on Alvin Kamara when you can get Derek Henry or even Josh Jacobs a little bit cheaper? So I understand why Dalvin Cook, Henry, and even Jacobs should probably be projected for more points than Dalvin. Cook. So, <laughs> These are all guys that we know have, you know, slate winning potential in their own right. So I think Kamara, you know, only I'm seeing, you know, projected ownership under 10% uh, could be a great value with this. Also, James White, 4,500, man, no Rex Burkhead. We've seen really throughout the past three years, he just needs Rex Burkhead to be out of the picture. So love that play. And then Brian Hill at 4K. Todd Gurley has been missing practice this week. So we'll see. Kind of a usage change already was going on last week. And if you take Todd Gurley out of the picture, we got this high-scoring, you know, Raiders-Falcons matchup with – uh you know potentially better version of Todd Gurley honestly at this point in their career in Brian Hill
1: yeah like I I think people are going to try to make Brian Hill a thing this week and like chat was talking about it um a little while ago too I just there's so many running backs that just get volume and like Brian Hill could score a couple touchdowns and be very relevant here um but like Josh Jacobs is super interesting just in general we've talked about that like uh Raiders Falcons game a bunch and like Good leverage off of Derek Carr in the passing game, um, as well. Like Jacobs is the guy that could score a couple touchdowns in this game and just like make your lineups different for a game that's gonna be stacked. Um, so I like him. I, I think like as much as I hate to say it, Derek Henry's a little interesting. Like, I hate playing the guy. <laughs> I-, I already said it, like Ian I said it. I was like, this guy, like he's He's either gonna run for thirty times and get a hundred yards, or he'll he'll get like twenty three carries and bust off like a sixty yard run or something. But I think he's a little interesting. Running back's an interesting position because, like on DraftKings this week, I think James White is a thing this week that nobody's gonna really get onto, but like could see a really uptick in volume yeah. just because Burkhead's out. And like, so I'm gonna be watching. Like, we haven't projected under five percent right now. I'm gonna be watching like what. If he becomes trendy or not, because if he's going to be low owned, I'll definitely take a stand on like a James White play this week. Well, um,
2: Damian Harris and Sony Michelle, man, if that's if they're going to go with Sony as a number three back now, I mean, not they've never trusted either of those guys to catch passes. So it's right. just a situation where assuming those three guys will be out there. If Sony stays inactive and now we got a two back backfield, hell we can go, right. we can go the well with both those guys because we know yep. the Patriots are going to be featuring them, but there just isn't another player on the Patriots right now that has the pass down floor in that backfield like James White. And even if we, you know, I understand some of these stats are being thrown off about his on off, you know, cause they had Tom Brady under center, but we saw last week, you know, season high in snaps and target. We've seen games this year where James White is still able to get, you know, in that eight reception range that we just don't usually see elsewhere. So, yeah, it'd be better to have Brady there. But Cam is still, you know, fully capable of enabling someone like James White to a big game.
1: Uh, We move over to the wide wide receiver position, and let's talk cash games. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is at the top of the list. Um, If Thielen doesn't play, like, I guess we should, like, say that. Jefferson's probably in play either way, Ian. But, like, if Thielen doesn't play, like, Jefferson's, like, the first guy you probably plug in um, when you're building a safer, high upside type cash lineup.
2: Yeah, that was, you know, I... Again, we were talking about the Vikings earlier. Like when I was doing my initial build around the charger stack, I want to delve in we'll get the tight end uh, in a little bit. But I think Kyle Rudolph's a really good value this week, assuming Irv Smith is sideline. He wasn't able to practice on Thursday, but we'll see how that one uh, shakes out. And yeah, I, I had the 6,300 remaining, man. And I wanted to plug Jefferson in there, but I just don't know if having, you know, three Vikings is really the way to go. But, you know, just maybe I'm overthinking it because yeah, to your point, if dealing is out, you know, I might just need to shuffle other things around because getting Jefferson in the lineup is going to be a priority even with Thielen in he's a perfectly fine uh, tournament option but again there's just volume concerns in this vikings offense and they affect everyone that's not named dalvin cook so uh, just you know got to realize sometimes hey uh, we're expecting dalvin cook to have a big game now we got multiple receivers in there as well uh one of those guys might not be able to quite make it out of it so for now i'm probably going to be uh, going with jefferson more so in tournaments but i love stacking you know keenan allen and mike williams with herbert we saw williams last week man He had that 50-yard touchdown like a slant that he just took in the house. This guy, you know, I just think because he's been playing behind Keenan Allen, he hasn't really gotten his due as truly uh, one of the more talented, you know, wide receiver, technically a wide receiver too uh, in the game. The guy can do it all. I think in many other offenses around the league, he'd be, you know, an outright wide receiver one. So the fact Herbert has started to be able to enable both Keenan and Mike Williams to big games makes sense because Herbert is putting up massive numbers. So a lot of that is going to Keenan. I get that. But Mike Williams, I think at his price is still far too cheap uh, to ignore northern offense that's homing this well and then finally i like to finish off that game stack with gabriel davis at the stone cold 3k uh john brown has been ruled out colt beasley's fine but i just think getting gabriel davis in there man we know he's going to be running and pretty much every single snap that john brown would have been otherwise it's not a matchup i'm worried about against this chargers team that you know if anything they're gonna have hayward follow stefan Diggs. he's not we to be worried about davis and hey davis has been a guy that I think he's had two nullified touchdowns this year on penalty. Otherwise, he kind of had better counting numbers. But when he goes out there and they give him a chance, man, he makes some plays. And I think with John out John Brown out, we've seen in past weeks that Davis has taken on that 80-90% every down snap roll. I expect that to be the case again in a matchup where points should be flying. So there's a couple other, you know, cheap wide receivers you could try to get behind. Andy Isabella is a popular one. But don't forget earlier this year, I believe it was when Christian Kirk was out. Like Keyshawn Johnson actually played well ahead of Andy Isabella. So it's not even a guarantee that. Isabella is going to be in three wide receiver sets. I love the talent, but for some reason the Cardinals don't. So just be careful about leaning on him as heavily. So I think Gabriel Davis, if you're looking to save some salary, is probably your best option. Uh, you know, if you want to go cheaper than, you know, say a KJ Hamler or a Golden Tate type guy at 35k.
1: Yeah, there's there's like even like Denzel Mims, um, he's cheap. I think potentially Darnold being back hurts him a little bit, like Crowder. Is probably the better option, but he's a lot more expensive. Um, I think a lot of people might go back to the well on like bird. I could see him being a little bit popular as well. Um, He's like 4k. So it'd be interesting to see like Jakeem grant is interesting, especially if like Fitzpatrick ends up starting like, like I think Tua is more questionable than people realize uh, this week. So um, we'll have to kind of see how that all plays out Uh, for tournaments. You know, I I guess like the the first thing that we should even point out for tournaments is like there's so many great quarterback wide receiver stacks and game stacks. Like make sure you're correlating your wide receivers with your game stacks this week
2: hundred percent, man. I think, uh, you know, the one guy I'm focusing on though, like we're talking about Justin Jefferson being a must play if Adam Thielen's out, man, if Julio Jones is out, but if he's in also, let's give me some Calvin Ridley, dude. Like he came back from injury last week. He looked fine, played his usual role. And he just quite literally has never busted in games where he's had at least eight targets, which there's no reason to suspect he won't be getting that in this spot against a Raiders secondary that I just don't think can guard him. I mean, Matt Ryan just throws one of the more fancy friendly balls in the entire league with the amount of shots that he's willing to take to these guys downfield and ridley is someone that's been a wide receiver one all season long don't let a couple weeks where he was hurt and just not playing or not having monstrous performance uh distract you from that so you know anytime these falcons are in a dome we know one of these receivers has a chance to bowl the hell out uh, with julio banged up i do think it could be a huge week uh for calvin ridley uh we're talking about you know teddy you know i think him dj moore and robbie anderson are perfectly viable against this uh you know middling viking secondary to your point, Jamison Crowder with uh, you know, as long as he's got Sam Darwin under center, we're expecting just bunches of targets, man. I mean, it's honestly was absurd how often they were feeding this dude before the past few weeks. I mean, Flacco, even for a game as well, uh, was feeding him. But in Crowder's first four games of the year, he had 13 targets, 10 targets, 10 targets, and 13 targets again. So I know there's not a huge amount of upside in terms of the total yards, but man, you're talking 10 plus receptions. You honestly don't need that many yards. You just got to fall into the end zone one time. We're already talking about smashing your value. So I think Crowder uh, you know, as a play, probably going a little bit under the radar because no one wants to play Jets. And then finally, Christian Kirk at 5,800, man, is one of my favorite plays of the week. He's coming off back-to-back duds because he's a field-stretching boomer bust wide receiver. So he's going to have duds. He had the booms before. And again, this Patriots secondary, JC Jackson and Stephon Gilmore are fine. But this is still a unit that has allowed more completions, a poor attempt of 15-plus yards than any other defense in the entire league. That's what Kirk specializes in. Without Fitzgerald, there's going to be more chances for Kyler to kind of distribute this ball around. And to Kirk's credit, he's far more than just a field stretcher We saw last week when they were struggling to kind of at that deep ball he was still able to sa- somewhat salvage the performance with some stuff in the underneath intermediate areas of the field. so he's someone that I think is just a you know big time playmaker and any chance we have someone of his talents you know in line for more touches, uh, you know, don't be afraid to fade him at a perfectly reasonable price that you know because it's not super cheap or really expensive, I think his ownership could be going a little bit on the radar.
1: yeah, so like looking at this too um, I love Christian Kirk. I love that call. I love that game. I already kind of have said that I like that game a lot. One guy that like, for some reason it it seems like this happens way more than it should, but Tyreek Hill is projected for pretty low ownership again, (laughs) like under 10%, under 10% for a guy like in an offense in a game, that's going to be like a straight up shootout. Like we love Patrick Mahomes but we don't like Tyreek Hill like it, it, it's crazy to me ian like i know he's expensive but like this guy could put up 30 fantasy points and like you know you have to you definitely have to have him in your player pool this week um i like the calvin ridley call you know kind of looking at looking for like that low owned like tournament play i think antonio browns the answer um nice. and i i hate playing tampa wide receivers just to be like very frank i hate it Um, but like Antonio Brown to me is a guy that can get eight to 10 catches with Brady at quarterback, um, especially in a game that's going to be high scoring. He already kind of seems like he's like Brady's safety net. Um, so we know these guys worked out a lot together this off season. We know like Brady wanted a B in new England, obviously like that didn't work out, uh, for a long period of time anyway. So, um, I think Antonio Brown's super interesting for tournaments. Um, Nelson Aguilar's the other one. We like that game a lot. And Nelson Aguilar is not the same guy he was in Philly. Um, so like, those are two guys that are coming in at less than 5% ownership um, right now for projected ownership that I like uh, this week.
2: Yeah, man, I like the Aguilar call. Look, he's been really doing this since week three almost. I thought that was going to curb off once Brian Edwards got back. We, I mean, one of the most hyped rookies really in the league seemingly coming in this year, both by, you know, fans, analysts, and just the Raiders alike. But Edwards has been healthy. It's still a Nelson Aguilar show. So, you know, he had some duds thrown there because, okay, he's Nelson Aguilar still. But we've seen more booms and busts from him this year. And, again, it's been a different offense, I think, with Rugs having that nice field stretching effect to it. But Aguilar's also been the one, you know, impacting that as well and I think uh, helping convince Carr to throw downfield. So I like that call. And, yeah, I mean, Mahomes and Tyreek, we see it like every month or so or even it's been kind of more recent where Mahomes just drops back sometimes. It's like, all right. Tyreek Hill is getting 15 or more targets per day. And I don't think there's really any defense in the league that can necessarily handle him. So yeah, man, I mean, it's like one of those things where I think Mahomes is almost getting like the LeBron, like we're just almost tired of his greatness at this point. So we're almost like underrating it. But yeah, Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey, it's going to cost a lot because it's been so great. But remember, it can be so freaking great because we've seen it that often. So yeah, any any tournament lineup, man, with those guys, like you always have a chance.
1: Oh yeah, you always have a chance. Let's talk tight ends before we get into the helicopter plays for this week. Um, what are we looking at tight end for cash games this week? Like obviously, like you have two top end guys, but uh, what are you looking at? And yeah, I will say really quick, I didn't want to interrupt you, but Irv Smith. With that just came out that like he's 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 like ruled doubtful right now so
2: cool no that's huge yeah because i'm looking to save some money here this week again if you can get up to your kelsey or waller that's fine even you know marking it and eh, without lamar that's a little bit tougher but um maybe like your hunter henry is another person that charges bill's game you could be looking at he's been scoring the past few weeks but i'm gonna try to take advantage of some of these injuries and that is with the vikings kyle rudolph sitting there at just 2800 kyle rudolph in his first game with irv smith out had like Four catches for 65 yards, but he fumbled. And he was still a top-eight tight end at the position because that is how much of a disaster this position has really been outside the top three guys all season long. So I think Rudolph at 2,800, you know, Irv Smith was actually priced ahead of him. You just don't really see any other tight ends that cheap that are the undisputed tight end in their offense, assuming Irv Smith is out. And, I mean, doubtful. We can count, like, the number of guys that played through played through that designation on one hand over the past few years the other guy i think is really interesting if you got a little bit more salary is gerald everett at 3300 if tyler higby is out both these teams i would throw houston in there as well like these tight ends usually we can't trust them because both guys play a lot you know they're both talented enough i mean kyle rudolph is a wash he's still been playing some good ball over the past few years but when both guys are out there they're stealing snaps and targets alike when you take away one we've seen the offense is willing to just embrace the one remaining guy and kind of give them just the full role that the two guys were previously making up so I do think that would be Gerald Everett's situation uh you know last year he was pretty banged up during that Tyler Higby uh, breakout stretch that kind of caused him to be so overdrafted and Higby still has some good games but so has Everett and we've seen them you know more or less working side by side so you take Higby out of the picture and haven't gotten we won't get his final designation till later because of the west coast and all that but he's something that's been all sorts of banged up this week as well so Kyle Rudolph and Gerald Everett pending those injuries I think are you know cheap best cheap options of the week at a tight end position
1: yeah like obviously if you have the money Waller um Kelsey um like let's just like let's just look at it in general like these guys are your the safety plays or your ceiling plays like Waller Waller might be underpriced in general uh just for what he can do even at like a tight end position so like if you have the money waller or kelsey is, is the answer but like to play dalvin cook a good quarterback and waller or kelsey you're playing two cheap wide receivers and you need those guys to do their thing unless we get some injury news uh which is is possible mm-hmm. um so like just looking at the tight end position like the guys that we mentioned for like cash games are like the same guys you're probably looking at in tournaments too. Um, you know, you know, if, if you're Devin, you can play Evan Ingram, but I don't know if this is the Evan Ingram <laughs> spot. Yeah, I'm not quite
2: sure on Evan Ingram either. (laughs) Credit to Devin, though, man. He he knows a lot more about, uh, you know, this stuff than we do So with the production. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he's got something up his sleeve. They have been featuring Ingram more, you know, in recent weeks, really alongside Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton's been the guy kind of going up and down. But with Golden Tate back in there, too, we've just kind of seen it get back to this muddled uh, situation. So, you know, Bengals matchup isn't anything to fear. But, man, like, it's got to be some point for Evan Ingram, I guess. He's been maybe the single, you know, him and It's got to be him even over James Conner. Like, we talk about guys that if you could go back into August and say, hey, you know, just so you know, Evan Ingram is not going to get hurt for the first three months of the season, we would have had 100% exposure to this dude like almost every single week. Truly a top five tight end coming this year has been anything but in 2020. It's not all his fault, but it's just been, you know, this Giants passing game, been a bit of a roller coaster from week to week.
1: Couple of other guys I just want to mention really quick uh, for tournaments at tight end. Jonu Smith is someone that I really like this week. Um and, you know, like that game is gonna fly under the radar, but it like we saw like last week, like these games against the Colts and stuff, especially indoors, can get high scoring. So um I think Smith is interesting and then Hunter Henry. Like, this is a guy in a game that we've already talked about this game multiple times throughout this show. We've all been talking about this sh- this game all week. And like this is a guy that's gonna come in less than 10% owned, uh, because there's so many good plays. He's kind of in that, like, he's in that weird range, Ian and Price. Like, he's not Kelsey or Waller, but he's not like the cheap guys. Um, so yeah. I-, I think like when you're looking at it in general here, like those are two guys that could potentially fall under the radar, um, you know, at tight end this week for tournaments.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I might even end up getting kind of off Mike Williams in that uh, Herbert stack and just throw Henry in there instead, because that would open up a little bit extra money and kind of sure up that tight end position. Because to your point, I do think there's probably a uh, more sure thing or just at least higher ceiling, uh, lower price wide receivers as well.
1: Man, I think it's time to go eat some leftovers. I'm like, I'm getting hungry. You getting hungry? you Ready to get
2: out of here? I am ready for that turkey and some cranberry sauce and any beer remaining in the fridge.
1: <laughs> the, listen, you have beer remaining. Um, you didn't do must, it. You didn't Pretty do soft, it.
2: man. <laughs> hey, listen, there was no, there was no late game, like <laughs> exactly. It's, it's. I, I fell asleep with the last three uh, still in there, so it's on me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to rectify those wrongs uh, as soon as possible.
1: <laughs> um, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here, Ian?
2: Um, I would just say quickly on the defense. I think, uh, you know, again, stacking with the Giants and Gallman is going to be something I'm going to be doing a lot uh, in my lineups. And then, you know, if you can get up to Pittsburgh, they, it's hard, but they are, you know, they deserve to be uh, the highest price. I guess they're tied with the Dolphins, deserve to be uh, as price as high as they are with their pass rushes, things they can do there. And finally, I think maybe the cheapest defense I could feel somewhat good about would be the 49ers at 2,600. Look, Jared Goff, when everything's perfect, like he looks like a pretty damn good quarterback. When things aren't perfect, not so much. And we have seen them have, you know, kind of up and down games against these 49ers over the years. Obviously, not the same talent with all these injuries they've been dealing with for most of the season, but I still think that coaching staff coming off a bye has the potential to make life difficult, rack up a couple turnovers against what's been an up and down Rams offense.
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, like, there's like three defenses, because I honestly. There was another positive test for the Ravens today. I highly doubt that game like Please. plays. Let's just be honest. Um, so, Cleveland, Miami Giants are probably my like three defenses, like main defenses, and I'll mix in some stuff um, just in general. I, defense doesn't matter. It's if it's cheap <laughs> and it fits a lineup like that, I don't care. So, um, I'll play just about anybody. And we saw that yesterday, right? Like we all loved the Houston Detroit game yesterday, and JJ Watt made a, a fantastic play. Yeah. Scored a touchdown and defense didn't matter, like you know, it, it's just like
2: we were uh, we were cr- talking up on the show a couple weeks ago. It's like, look, the Rams were facing the Seahawks, and it's like, I, Russell Wilson's amazing, we get this, but Rams are good defense too. Defense doesn't matter, and when you have one that's you know, at least just not awful or not facing a complete world beater offense for you know, under 3k, take a long look at
0: him. Play wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, it's going to get us out of here for this week. Week 12,
1: uh, Pro Football Focus. Looking forward to doing the show with you the rest of the season, Ian. Make sure you guys yeah. are checking out Pro Football Focus. they got a ton of um, awesome discounts right now. 40% off with Cyber 40. So make sure you guys are checking out Pro Football Focus. Again, you can go rotogrinders.com slash media slash PFF and get the discount for Core 4 as well. So that's going to wrap it up for Week 12. Hope everyone enjoys. Look forward to um, seeing you guys next week.